Journey into comics. Poor 360. Journey into wrestling. Foodies watching movies. Adulting ain't easy. Podcastrophy. Kids for Sale. Voice Survival Podcast. Crucial Tunes. Gallif Radio. Breeze with Dudes. Dungeons with Dudes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or at journeyintocomics.com. The following, the following, the following. Is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Dave here with Dungeon with Dudes, and you're listening. This is to Dave with Dungeon week. with Dudes, and you're listening to the best of the week. <laughs> and here we go, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Journey into Comics. There's a lot of people looking forward to Endgame, so much so that there was a new trailer released along with the official announcement that tickets went on sale this week, folks. So we're going to watch the trailer react as we've been doing. Here we go. If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded. Yeah, you mean because he killed all our friends? We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. It's about how much we have left. Where's the Avengers? Oh, so many dope moments. You trust me. I do. You could not live with your own friends. What did that bring you? Oh, I cannot. Okay. So. Tickets on sale now. Yeah, obviously, tickets are on sale now, and they say that. So, we're going to go back to it here in a second and uh, really dive into some of the things that we see in this trailer because there's a lot going on. Uh, if we do this, we'd be going. So, it starts with they're in Avengers Tower. You see Banner talking to the Avengers. Uh, it's Thor. Thor was drinking some LaCroix. Apparently they like lemon, lemon-flavored, flavored lemon, lemon-flavored water that doesn't taste like lemon. Whatever, but doesn't matter. Uh, back to that. Um, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. Then we've got uh, the scene here with uh, Black Widow saying that, you know, uh, that they, she's essentially like, it looks like self-reflecting and just like, I, I, again, they're doing the whole overdub thing where her voice is not coming from this moment. So we don't know what's really going on with that rain scene or what she's thinking. It's not about how- so here's an interesting shot that they, they show and they give up in the trailer, a, a Guardians of the Galaxy reunion as Nebula reunites with Rocket Raccoon. For the first time since the snap and the decimation of everybody who was a guardian of the galaxy except for these two. Literally, they're all that's left. How much we lost. Pepper hugging Tony. This is obviously his return to Earth. Again, shocking that they're giving this away in the trailer, but maybe things are afoot and this isn't exactly as they, they, as they seemed. We get the Avengers compound again. They spent a lot of time showing us the compound 
And I think that there's a reason they're, they're building something bigger and telling a story. And I just noticed something from a set piece, which I'm going to predict here right now. So, uh, there were some toys that released and it shows like apparently the quote unquote attack on the Avengers compound by Thanos. One thing is his toy specifically, the base of his toy is the Avengers a, but it's like specifically destroyed in a way that looks like it's prop esque. So on the top of one of the far buildings of the Avengers facility that they have here after the decimation, there is a giant A, which leads me to believe that that over here by where the Quinjet is, is going to be the landing point for Thanos later in the trailer, which we'll get to in a second. So here's an interesting shot of Tony flying over New York. Here's my prediction. This is during the Battle of New York. And this is Tony Stark doing something else. This is a sleight of hand magic moment where we think it's just regular New York, but I don't think so. I think we're seeing something else right here, and we're seeing some time travel stuff. You've got a shot of uh, Clint Barton, a.k.a. Ronan. He's got the badass arm tattoo. Looks pretty pissed off. He looks like maybe his whole family was blinked out of existence in a snap of a finger. Where's the Avengers? Uh... There, the we're the Avengers thing. You've got Tony talking over it. You, the scene with uh, Stormbreaker going by Captain Marvel really fast. She smiles. Now here's an interesting shot. You have uh, Ronan or Hawkeye. He's looking over. It looks like he's directly staring at Rocket Raccoon. Like when the fuck did we get a raccoon? Which spoiler alert. You've had one for a while, but you've got Rhodey, uh, Tony, Steve, Nebula. Rocket, Scott Lang, and Black Widow all standing. Who knows what they're looking at? The only two people that aren't in this shot are Thor and Captain uh, Marvel. Maybe this is the scene where Stormbreaker goes flying by her face, and they're all reacting to like, oh, God, I hope they don't go at it. Uh, I just tried to get the thing to keep going, and it didn't go. You trust me. Okay, so this scene is one I want to specifically break down. Tony... And Steve, again, Battle of New York, back in the past. You can notice that Steve has the scale armor that he's going to be getting in this movie. He's clean-shaven, so you can tell the timeline is later in the movie because his uniform is not all blue. It's been a little damaged and dirty, maybe lost a fight or two and is a little bit bruised up. Tony's obviously not in armor, and he says, you trust me, right? And they shake hands. Now, I want to very specifically call this right now on Journey into Comics 238 ahead of the Endgame movie coming out in just like, uh, what is that, 23, uh, not 23 days away, however many days, 17 days away or whatever it is. It is 17 days, not bad. So I think this is the last time Tony and Steve are going to see each other. And this is the linchpin of the movie. This decision is going to kill one of them and ultimately save everyone. I think it's going to kill Cap, and it's going to actually save Tony. But you're going to think that it's going to kill Tony and that Cap is going to be the one that gets saved. Kind of that Dark Knight thing where you think they're going to save uh, Rachel, but they actually end up saving Two-Face because the thing was backed up, messed up because of chaos. As we recall, we'll talk about some Dark Knight stuff later too as well. On April 26th, now you get, here's a very important shot. You see the Benatar and a planet. That planet is fucking Morag, you guys. Has to be Morag. I'm telling you. 
And why is that important? Well, if the Benatar is at Morag, what could the theme of this movie be? What could they be doing? And I'm trying to think about it. Like, how could they really make it work? Well, what if they fought Thanos because they went and stole the, the Infinity Stones before he had a chance at them? So you essentially get the Scepter and the Tesseract from the Battle of New York. You know that the orb is on Morag because that's where Quill found it, which means that Gamora, or, or not Gamora, Nebula, I'm sorry about that, and Rocket obviously know where it's at because he talked about it. So they can go there and get it before he got it. I mean, like you could essentially just pluck through time and try to get the stones before they did a thing. You can go to fucking, literally, you can go to Doctor Strange right after he gets the Eye of Agamotto, right after he defeats fucking Dormammu and be like, this is what's coming. Here's the plan. This is how it has to happen, and I need you to do this right now. We're going to take the stone just for this one moment so we can undo all this bullshit, okay? Great. Here we go. So you see, again, Morag, the Benatar... They hit hyperspeed, and you notice you've got Rocket Raccoon, you have Captain America, Thor, Rhodey, you've got uh, Black Widow, and you've also got Captain Marvel. No, no, uh, you don't have Ant-Man, at least he's not seen here. You don't have Hulk, he at least is not seen here. You also, from what I'm seeing, do not have... Tony Stark, so I'm interested in what is going on. Okay, here's a shot speaking of Tony Stark. It's him and Parker. He's reminiscing. Parker getting the Stark internship scholarship thing or whatever, them obviously creating the quote-unquote lie to, to help sell Spider-Man. You could not live with your own failure. Here we get Thanos' voice. Another shot of a planet we've seen before. I'm pretty sure this is Xandar, possibly. And... The Sanctuary 2 overtop, which could mean maybe the destruction of Xandar is seen in this movie, and maybe we do fucking get a Richard Rider story. That would be really cool. We'll see. Um, you obviously see Rhodey with new War Machine armor and Nebula side by side in the Benatar, but it's just those two. The ship is not as full. You can see the seats behind them seem pretty empty. Where did that bring you? Uh, you've got you Thor and then a shot of Rocket. Rocket looks like he's about to cry. I'm thinking this is when he's learning the fate of everyone who got snapped that was a Guardian. So he's he knows Groot was lost. But at the time, he isn't. He doesn't know what happened to Drax. He doesn't know what happened to Gamora. No idea what happened to Quill or Mantis. So I feel like this is him finding something out he has like the tears in his eyes also it could looks like this could possibly take place on the sanctuary too which is where thanos uh you know stays and chills out you got cap he's on the ground he's got the scale armor that i was talking about and things are blown up looks kind of like there was an attack there's the blue from the space stone and thanos coming through and then you get a shot of Tony in some rubble. And here's the end shot, which is awesome because you've got Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, the original trilogy or trinity of superheroes that they combined to really bring the MCU together in Avengers. Again, here together. You see the new Thanos weapon in the distance, the big sword type thing. It's in the ground. 
And Thanos is sitting, no helmet, just chilling out. Looks like maybe the space stone is being used for something. Possibly I do see a blue glow that could also be something coming off his armor. And then it just says Avengers Endgame, tickets on sale now. So I did it, guys. I got tickets to Avengers Endgame, and I want to tell you my experience because, boy, was it a doozy. We, um, I knew, I knew, I knew for a fact. I was like, look, Endgame tickets are going to be a real motherfucker to get. It's going to be a real pain in the ass in general. You're going to have to get in line early to see the movie. You're going to have to ensure that, you know, if you're, if you, if you're going with a group, make sure your group's together because trying to save seats and shit's going to be hard, you know, uh, but getting tickets was insanity. So I woke up when the tickets went on sale announcement happened and everybody's like right away, literally the minute that tickets go on sale, three hour wait time because there's their fucking entire servers flooded. Everybody's trying to secure tickets. It's the biggest movie of all time, right? So I'm not I'm not up yet when that happened. But when I finally got myself together, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to try my best to get the 6 o'clock tickets for the Thursday showing. So that's the earliest they show the film in its entirety unless you're a part of one of their fucking marathons that they're doing the 22-movie marathon into Endgame, which you get to start an hour earlier, which means you get to go home an hour before everybody else and finally get some sleep and wash your balls because you've been in a movie theater for 62 hours, um, which you probably smell bad. I'm sorry, but it's true. So uh, I'm in the queue for like an hour and 40 minutes, and it's like finally it's like 54 seconds remaining, 26 seconds remaining, 8 seconds remaining, 1 second remaining, nothing. It literally reads on the screen, we're taking you to go order your tickets now. Nothing. I'm like, I've been sitting here for almost two hours and nothing has happened. And still nothing is happening and I'm going to start to twitch and fucking lose my mind. I just want to secure these tickets to know that I'm going to get to go on Thursday and to know I'm going to get the earliest opportunity because, as you guys know, it's a busy fucking crazy weekend that weekend. We've got a big show in Chicago. We're doing LafayCon hosting that weekend. We've got a lot of things planned for that. Nick Maxson and myself and the guys on the network and everybody are working together to put it together one of the biggest events. The whole team is going to try to put something together that's extra special this year with LafayCon. We cannot wait. A shout-out to Nick Maxson, too, man. He is just a fucking workhorse. I love that dude so much. He's going to be a guest this week on The Voice of Survival. I cannot wait to sit down and chit-chat with him about his life, his journey to becoming the man he is today, and all the different things he does and has um, desired to do in his journey. So anyways, back to it. Uh, finally get through. They finally refresh the page, and I get to the point where I can order the tickets, order the tickets up, get everything ready to go. I'm stoked. We did it. Six o'clock tickets. Four tickets got. So me, Sarah, Veronica, guaranteed going. We're also bringing our buddy Cody. He's the guy that I got through the MCU. He'd never seen it before. He was a little bit bummed, I think, that we didn't invite him when we went to the debut of Captain Marvel. And I was like, man, you know what? I will invite you for Endgame because it is a big deal. And, it, and I got you into that. So it's only right that I'm there and you're a part of it when this is all ending. So... Uh, we, you know, got the ticket secured. I sent them two different ways to myself so I can really ensure that we have them and there's no fuckery that can happen. Uh, so anyways, that it was, it was, it was a crazy experience. It was like, man, 
Um, and then, you know, you find out things like what I'm about to talk about, which is they broke the ticket sales, uh, the record, and they tripled Infinity Wars day one uh, record in eight hours. It's funny how we, we kind of stumbled onto it because... I didn't know that you were into it until I had seen you post something in a group that I wasn't even a member of yet, but because you and I are Facebook friends, I got to see, like, you know, outside looking in into that closed uh, uh, fish keeping group, and I was like, I started scrolling through it, and, you know, you messaged me that later that day, and you're like, hey, do you keep fish? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have, I have, I have some aquarium stuff. So I was like, how does this, like, because it just never came up because it's not a, it doesn't come up in conversation ever. Like, no one's like, no, oh, what are your friends? What are your hobbies? Do you like keep fish? Like, no, no one asks you that. It's just odd. And I haven't been in it that long. Like, I got into it through Liz, and then it just opened a door like in September of last year because Liz like moved in and like brought her beta fish, and I was like, and then the beta fish died, and I was like, well, we need to get something else to replace it, and then it was just. A domino effect. But oh I don't yeah. Know, what was it for you? So I had I had, I kind of ran the whole the whole gauntlet when I was a kid. I mean, I had obviously dogs and cats, and I had livestock, and then you know, like every little boy, I wanted lizards and turtles, and and then it and then it was the well, I won I won some goldfish at the fair. You know, let's let's try and keep this goldfish. And then I got out of the aquarium hobby for man, I want to say almost ten years. And then I was at work um, at my previous employer's one night. It was like one thirty in the morning, and one of the guys that I was working with was talking about um, a bunch of African cichlids that he had that he had that just spawned. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I didn't really know anything about African cichlids, but I was like, you know, I like fish. I, I mean, I love I love anything that has to do with water recreation or, um, you know, water ecosystems. I just love the ocean and rivers and lakes. So I was instantly interested in the conversation. And he's like, yeah, I've got, I've got a man cave with a smaller tank in it that I'm looking to get rid of. And originally, I was going to buy that tank, sell the fish, and and do like a micro-reef setup. And once I got it, I was like, I love the fish that are in this tank. Why why would I get rid of something that's that's making me happy, happy you know? So I right. bought I bought a, a pretty much complete setup from him uh, other than the stand. Um, I bought a 36-gallon bow front with... A whole school of tiger barbs and a mature uh, red-tailed black shark that was like five and a half inches. I mean, okay. he he was pretty good size. And then, you know, I I played around with that tank for um, pretty much three years. Never had any issues with it. The only thing that I didn't do with it that I was really unhappy is I didn't plan it. I right. just I just I just hardscaped it the way that I wanted it. And then I never, I was too afraid at that time, to, I think, to, to dive into the live plants. 
and I knew from having that tank and, you know, it was upstairs in my daughter's bedroom. I really wanted to upgrade my tank size and bring it downstairs. So here in the last couple months, I upgraded to a 60 tall. And I wish, I wish when I bought the tank that it was labeled as a 60 tall because it's, it's a lot taller than I want it to be. How tall is it? Like two feet? Uh, give me just one second. I'll tell you exactly how tall it is. Yeah. So while well, Tyler's doing that, so yeah, his because um, kind of speaking, of how it actually happened was that as Tyler was getting into the whole um, that Facebook group and everything that I had joined because of a of podcast that I had found when I was just searching for something about fish gaming just to learn a little bit more. We found this. Uh, I found this guy who had a fish store and then had like a YouTube channel, but then he also had a podcast. So I kind of went into it very backwards. I was like, podcast? Oh, he's a YouTube channel. And I was like, oh, he sells stuff online. And then that was my, how I read it. And then that's one thing I was like, I think you showed me a picture of your tank. And I was like, the only place I keep hearing where that thing exists is through this guy. And I was like, do you listen to that aquarium co-op thing? He's like, yeah. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah, so so that tank that I have is exactly 25 inches tall. So okay. it's just slightly lar- or sli- bleh, slightly wider than a 55, but it's like one and a half times the height. Right. So that's that's where they got the extra 50 gallons. So I scoped. I went into PetSmart like three days after the. You know, PetSmart and Petco always do the dollar per gallon sale. Right. So it was a couple days after that sale, excuse me, had uh, ended, and I was like, man, I really, because my daughter's tank upstairs, the 36, I had on top of a dresser, and I was like, man, if I'm going to get this bigger tank, I want to actually have a stand, and I, I I had thought about building my own, you know, because part of, other than getting that extremely good deal um, from my coworker right away, much like you with, with the aquarium co-op, I dove right into aquarium co-op, the, the um, DIY aquarium DIY and Dustin and Dustin's fish tanks. And I have this tendency when I get involved into a hobby that then I just completely forget about anything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, do I build a stand? Do I just, you know, buy one of these ensemble kits? And I and I had looked at the tank that I have now, um, and it was like four hundred and fifty bucks for for everything. And I didn't I didn't want to spend five hundred bucks on a fish tank, you know? Right. It's just like. It's, yeah, I get it, that completely. It's it's obnoxious what some of these tanks cost. I mean, and 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 this is just a regular glass tank. It's not even anything acrylic, right? Um, so, but I just happened to to kind of put that on the back burner for like six months, and I went back into that same PetSmart to get like some dog food or something, and they had the entire set on sale for like a hundred and fifty nine bucks. Like, oh, I can't. I, I getting that today. I, yeah, I I went home because I didn't have my truck. Uh, I had dro- I drove my wife's vehicle to PetSmart. I went home, got my truck, and went back and got it. So I couldn't resist. Just do tell your wife anything. You're just like I'm gonna I gotta get. I'll be right back. Just, 
Well, I, I called one of my, my good friends, and I was like, hey, I need you to help me get this. And he's like, you bought you bought a giant fish tank? And I said, it's not giant. It's just big enough that I can't carry it by myself. Right. So I recruited some help, and, and I, I, set, I set the stand and the tank up dry in this room, in, in my living room. And then it sat like that for almost a year. Because I, I just wasn't ready to move move my setup from upstairs down, so. Right, because the third six was the one you got from your from the guy you worked with. That's that was his extra tank. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's. And then it, you finally got it set up, and then. Yeah. So so I kind of like power cycled it. Um. I I filled it up with water. When I, I I was pretty adamant that I was gonna do a planted tank this time around, um, I had slowly but surely been procuring the equipment that I needed. So I had an, a um, I had a canister filter and a sponge filter set up on my tank upstairs, and I knew that when I set this bigger tank up, I didn't want to mess around with a canister filter anymore. Right. I mean, it worked worked flawlessly. Never had any issues with it. But every time I needed to work on it, I had to worry about flooding my house, and sometimes, you know, trying to get that thing primed was. I mean, I might as well have tried to win the lottery because I had better odds at doing that. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled on uh, this the Zis Bubble Biofilter that that Corey imports and sells, and I saw that and I was like, man, I gotta have it. Because I had I had thought about making one out of a two liter bottle, like you know, you see all the DIY videos on YouTube, and I was like, I right. got, I got to do it. So it just don't look great, and you're like, and it's like this, and you're like, that's that's what I need. And it's just well, you know, with, as as far as the the sponge filters go, um, there's nothing about them that I don't like, and and everybody complains that that they're like an eyesore in a tank. They don't really right. bo- they don't really bother me because when I look at my tank, even though I'm not happy with how I have it planted and scaped, even after I redid it last weekend or the weekend before, I, when I look at the tank, I'm looking at the plants and the driftwood that I have, and the hardscape and the fish. I, the all so I have three sp- I have three filters set up in my tank right now. I've got the Zis. I have like a. Uh, it's one of the Hikari fine sponges. It's a small one, like a thirty-gallon one, and okay. then I and then I've got a big, like eighty-gallon um, sponge set up in the corner. I don't even notice them. Yeah, really. I have I have ones in all of mine, and they're just you put them, and they're just there, and you kind of overlook them. Like someone could easily see it, but like you just like look past it when you look at them. At least how I do it. Right. So. Um, yeah, I I mean I I know you and I have both been kind of tinkering with our setups over the last few weeks. Uh, I messed around with mine. Um, I went to order a bunch of plants from the co-op, and they were all out of stock, so I ordered them from somewhere else. And I was really I was really happy with my purchase that I made, but I ordered I think way too many plants. So now my tank is pretty much nothing but plants, and it's not. You know, it's not overgrown, obviously, because they're all brand new plants. 
but um, there's the inevitable like six months from now you're like oh that's uh so i need their fish are just stuck in one spot now They're just- my my tank is going to approach jungle status very quickly um but other than other than lighting and you know rearranging the the scape and what i really so i I was I remember what I was going to say now. I was adamant that when I when I got this tank and I was it was time to set it up that I was going to go I was going to grow plants, but I was going to do it in sand. And I found this product. Give me just a second. I'll actually pull it up so I don't butcher the name. Yeah, no problem. So, the brand Caribsi mm-hmm. makes this um mat called a rhizomat. Which is basically like, it's like plant fibers that they've woven together. And I I think it might be out of production now. But I bought one um, while I was kind of gearing up for this tank. And it's like woven plant fibers together. or It's a big mat of woven plant fiber. And you're supposed to put it underneath the substrate, and then when you plant plants into whatever your substrate is, it gives um, plants that are heavy root feeders. So, pretty much all of your stem plants, crips, it gives them a it gives them a better plate to root, or get it gives them a better place to kind of root and hold on to. And I only bought one, so it wasn't it wasn't. Um, wide enough to fit my entire tank and I put that on the right side of my tank blended white and black sand together and like the first three days that I had it it looked fantastic and then once I put fish in they demolished it and it's 99% white sand on top now and it's like obnoxious it's like the color of chalk so, oh, that, yeah, that whitish grayish. Yeah, so it's not um, not super ideal. And here recently, when I rescaped, I thought, well, I'll get some um, fluval stratum for my plants that are struggling and for the new plants, and I'll basically just pot those plants in that substrate. So you know, I dug a little cavity and then put the stratum in planted it and then capped that over with the sand that was already in the tank and that worked out pretty well my snails um have done a pretty good job of disturbing that and making it so there's random assortments of of stratum now on top of the sand so the only thing i really need to do is is add more hardscape and and cap the sand that I have right now, and then uh, and then I think this tank will be, I'll be happy with it, and I won't have to tinker with it all the time. Do I have everybody's attention now? Everything else that happened had some crazy, unexpected, weird, outlandish shit, and uh, you know. NXT was just a great card in general, and it did it hit it hit all the notes for me. This is a solid A for me as far as uh, entertainment and wrestling is concerned. They put all their belts were on the line as all the matches. They were the only matches that mattered. 
It was a shorter card. It had way more fucking impact in the shorter card than, say, 50% of WrestleMania, which I loved, and we're going to talk about that soon as well. But condensing it down, the importance of NXT TakeOver and the ramifications on the other side of this are huge. And I can't wait to see what's happening on the other side of uh, this coming Wednesday, today, tonight. As you're listening to this, tonight is NXT, the other side. It'll obviously be the thing that kind of like wraps up and tells you the things that happened on pay-per-view that you didn't get to see, as well as like some undercard people like Keith Lee and some other people will probably have matches, or like the Street Profits, or Jackson Ryder, or Candice LeRae, or some of these people like that might have some, some singles matches that'll be televised on Wednesday that were from the weekend. Uh, some, that's usually how they do it. So... NXT TakeOver, solid A. I really, really, really loved it. Now, uh, Saturday, we had two things that happened. NXT, or I fucked that up, definitely. But the WWE Hall of Fame, as well as the G1 Supercard, takes place. Uh, I think we should touch on the bigger story first. The secondary story was still big, but the the overall thing was really good. But uh, Saturday was the... WWE's Hall of Fame induction. You know, they inducted Honky Tonk Man and Tori Wilson, and they inducted Harlem Heat, and they inducted fucking uh, Degeneration X, obviously. How'd I fuck that one up? Uh, I feel like there was a couple more that they inducted as well, but I'm not, I'm doing really bad right now, and I don't have the list in front of me. But, uh, oh, oh, the Heart Foundation, duh, duh, Heart Foundation, that was the one I was forgetting that was big. So, uh, um, speaking of that, the Heart Foundation is getting inducted, and Natalia gives a speech in honor of Jim the Anvil, which was really beautiful, really nice, thought-out speech, and things that were worth saying, you know, and it was definitely great reflecting from her being such a fan of her dad. And that was really cool. But then it was Brett's turn to talk, and Brett was talking, and he was giving his speech, and everything was cool. And then out of fucking nowhere, some Rastafarian-looking motherfucker, not really just a dude with a Rastafarian-like Jamaican-me-crazy hat, tackled Bret Hart to the ground? What the fuck? So here is the breakdown of everything that happened. Uh, officially, the person that did this has been charged with assault, and then the WWE officially uh, released a statement the attacker was a charge of two counts of assault in the third degree and disorderly conduct. And the WWE released official statement saying, an over-exuberant fan surpassed our security at ringside and made his way briefly into the ring. The individual has been turned over to the proper authorities. Uh, now, we've got some more stuff on this because uh, this guy had like some troubling tweets. He was threatening Vince McMahon and trying to say like, you better fly me out there and all this shit. Like, it was really crazy, but he, he he tweeted this. He said, please keep in mind that my check engine light is on. I've driven well over the 5,000 miles without an oil change, and I don't have a GPS. Additionally, the only bigger joke than my car is my sense of direction. It might be easier to book me a flight, Vince McMahon. You have 24 to 30 hours, Zach Madsen. Okay. And then another one says the crown prince of Ryan will be headed to New Jersey on Friday with or without his two best friends, Batman and Harvey, unless the transportation is booked prior to then. Again, thank you so much, Vince McMahon. You are my hero. Weird. It was just like weird. These really weird, bizarre tweets and stuff, you know, and uh, he he actually told the police 
after his arrest that he said he felt like it was just the right moment to attack Brett. It was just the right moment. That's fucked up. Fuck that guy. I don't like this guy. But Brett actually had some stuff to say. And this is the best. I think this is the great takeaway from the whole thing. What a wild weekend, to say the least. First of all, I want to thank WWE for not only the Hall of Fame honor for myself and Jim the Anvil Nightheart, but for their hospitality with my family and friends. Regarding the ceremony, firstly, I want to let everyone know that I am okay and was not injured. There's not one. There's one thing I want to let everyone. I want everyone to take away from the Hall of Fame ceremony is not so much what happened, but how I wasn't going to let anything stop me from completing my tribute to my best friend and our team. I'm also glad I got to join Natalia and Beth for their WrestleMania moment. Thank you, everyone, for your kind thoughts and words, Bret Hart. <clears throat> you know, and they posted a fucking mugshot of this fucking incel douchebag. And, man, fuck this guy, dude. Like, seriously, fuck this guy. I hope he gets fucking raped in the face. And I mean that. Like, fuck this guy. He attacked Bret Hart for no reason. Fuck this dude. I hope he gets fucking raped by a horse in the mouth. That's how much I feel against this dude that attacked Bret Hart. Like, fuck him. Seriously. Anyways, I'll get off that. So, you know, another thing that was really interesting, you know, with the overall Hall of Fame, which was really great. Take another little quick drink break brought to you by Podcastrophy. Another thing that was really great about the Hall of Fame was just that it was different this year. It was in a ring. You know, speeches were a little bit more contained. And then the DX speech happened, and it was like everything was off the rails. It was fucking hysterical. They were talking about the rules and the saying how you can't thank or mention Vince McMahon, which is true. That He says specifically when you're out there never to mention him in your speech because it'll anger him because he doesn't want to take credit for something that he really, you know, it's not your career that you made. It's Or it's not his career that he made for you. You made your own career, and that's what got you to the Hall of Fame, you know? And I understand that, but they were like, we're not supposed to thank Vince McMahon. We wouldn't thank Vince McMahon. You can't say Vince, 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 you know, and all this shit was really great. But they were talking about all the stuff you can't do, and Billy Gunn piped up, well, what's he going to do to me? He can't fire me because Billy Gunn is a senior executive producer for uh, AEW. And Triple H, without missing a beat, was like, listen, Billy, Get something right. Get something straight. What did he say? How did he say it exactly? He said, Billy, let's be honest. Vince will buy that piss ant company just to fire you again. So they started laughing. There was an AEW joke. At some point, Michaels thanked Gunn for being there and being all in. Another AEW reference. So it was It was just really... I mean, they were, they were really loose and it was nice. And they talked about China and her importance and... There was a She Deserves It chant, and a lot of tears were maybe shed in that moment, and some serious stuff and some not-so-serious stuff from those guys. It was really beautiful. You know, the whole thing, and, and Booker and Stevie talking and about their journey was great, and Tori talking about her journey was great, Honky talking about his journey. I mean, everybody talking was... All the different people along the way that they had on were amazing. It was it was awesome. So, like, the thing happens that at the at the Hall of Fame, right? But then there was also craziness that breaks out at G1 Supercard. We're going to get to that in just a minute because we're going to get through the G1 Supercard, and we'll talk about it in order of things that happen. So the G1 Supercard, as I started watching, it kicked off with Jeff Cobb, the ROH champ, taking on Will Ospreay, the never-open-weight champ, 
in a winner-takes-all match for both titles. So whoever wins gets both. Ultimately, in a brutal... Again, that's one of the words of this weekend. It was just brutal. There were a lot of different like crazy hard bumps in this match and wild spots that you wouldn't expect. Lots of big over-the-top, top-rope-type moves and stuff going on. Jeff Cobb defeating Will Ospreay for the Never Openweight title and now being the Never Openweight and also ROH World Television champ. Uh, Rush taking on Dalton Castle. Ultimately, Rush defeats Dalton Castle. I didn't really have much stake in that match. It was really quick. I think it was like 15 or 20 seconds. Um, but it, it, Dalton Castle's never been a guy that... like He's flashy. I get it. It's funny, but he's never been a guy that I've really been entertained by, so I wasn't really turned on by that. Then there was a ladies match. Kelly Klein taking on uh, Mayu Iwatani. And that was for the Women of Honor World Championship. And Kelly Klein dethrones Mayu Itawa uh, Iwatani. I can't fucking say that name. Uh, for the Women of Honor World Championship. Great match. Uh, strong performance by both ladies. Well deserved by Kelly Klein to finally get over as the champ. Uh, up next, we had Bully Ray and Silas Young and Shane Taylor out there talking and about a New York street fight, about how Juice Robinson wasn't going to come out. And Juice came out, as did Mark Haskins and Flip Gordon, uh, to take on Bully Ray, Shane Taylor, and Silas Young in the New York street fight. Ultimately, Flip Gordon in lifeblood winning. Flip Gordon took a couple brutal shots. He gave all three dudes, uh, Shane Taylor, Silas Young, and Bully Ray, uh, kendo sticks, and they all took turns giving him their hardest pop. And, man, there were some gnarly, fucking ugly, terrible welts left on young Flip Gordon's back. It was sickening. Up next, there was a triple threat match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, arguably one of the matches of the night. Dragon Lee taking on the champ Taiji Ishimori and Bandito. Ultimately, Dragon Lee getting the three count in this match in a hell of a battle between the three guys. They were just all over the fucking ring doing all kinds of crazy spots. Up next, we had the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tonga Loa, the IWGP champs against Villain Enterprises, PCO and Brody King, uh, Los Ingramanales de Yapons, Evil and Sonata, and the Briscoe Bros, Jay and Mark Briscoe, and a winner takes all four-way tag match for both the IW tag team and ROH tag titles. Gorillas of Destiny walking away with the titles. This was a brutal fight, a war, lots of throws, lots of heavy punches, lots of big spots, lots of crazy moves. PCO took some crazy spots. Oh, man. I mean, the whole match was just fucking chaos. Literally, that's the best way to describe it. It was fucking chaos, okay? So the match ends, Gorilla's Destiny win, and then all of a sudden there's chaos ringside. The camera cuts for a second. You don't know what's going on. I was I'm watching the replay, so I already know what's coming at this point. I'm like aware because while I'm at WrestleMania, uh, our buddy Alex Buckles uh, is filling me in on stuff that's happening in wrestling, and he tells me he's like, dude, Enzo and fucking Cast jumped the barricade at G1 and started fighting dudes and it was a shoot it's not a work it's like they fucking just essentially invaded and it's not going to be it's not good you know they didn't show it on TV like it's this it's a big deal it sucks but the other side of this is 
that the Briscoes, Jay, well, specifically Jay Briscoe, and um, at some point comes out Bully Ray, were not taking to this quote unquote in, invasion and beat the living shit out of Enzo and Cass, who were invading. What I, we later find out is that it is, in fact, a work that the writers uh, didn't want it, but then, like, the backstage heads wanted it or something. There's some combination of the two. Uh, but no one told Jay Briscoe that it was a work, so he literally beat the shit out of Enzo, like, was throwing some pretty heavy blows to him. They set the wrestling world on fire. I mean, it was a very talked-about moment. It blew the fuck up. I mean... It was, they were like number one trending over the Bret Hart thing at that point, you know, so that is pretty crazy, and it's talked about moment, so you look at it and you just go, man, like, maybe they got something there. Up next, we had Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Taka Mishinoku doing the intro for ZSJ. And talking about how ju- you're going to just tap out. And man, did he. T- he uh, Tanahashi taps to Zack Sabre Jr. Who retains his British Heavyweight Championship. Great match. Kota Ibushi up against Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental title. Kota Ibushi citing uh, some of the greats that have held the title before him. Uh, and saying that he wanted to be like them and bring back honor to that belt uh taking on tetsuya naito in a hell of a battle back and forth war these two always go to war with each other some of the hardest bump spots and just ugly moments in general uh come from this match but it was one hell of a battle ultimately won by kota bushi who is now your new iwgp intercontinental champion it was fucking great watching this match if you have not seen again uh, Supercard, G1 Supercard was phenomenal. They never disappoint, but this was just an extra special fucking card. It was so, so much fun to watch. Up next, we had our co-main event, which was for the ROH World Championship. My boy, Marty Skrull, up against Matt Taven and the ROH champ, Jay Lethal, defending in the three-way ladder match for that title. It was a vicious war. There were so many disgustingly brutal bumps uh, the bump that Jay Lethal took, uh, Taven did a running powerbomb through a ladder that was uh, held up by two chairs. And it was just like, holy shit, you just killed fucking Jay Lethal. He's dead. We're gonna we're fuck gonna, the sodomites in, in the... We also have Keegan here. Welcome back again. This is your third time on Podcastrophe. And uh, it didn't take a year to get you back this time. No. Good to drink. Yeah, it should be good to drink. We had a we had a slushy like explosion before. Taste it. It's really all right. I'll taste it. Technical beer difficulties. (laughs) Yeah, it tastes good to me. Ooh. Yeah, we. It, it like foamed up like crazy and spilled all over the floor. 
All down my hand. All over her hand. Her hand's sticky now. Mm-hmm. For all the wrong reasons. But, anyways, Keegan, you were saying something about True Green. Yeah, those jerks. I just, a guy was just not obeying traffic laws on my way over here, and he was in a True Green truck, and I was like, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. And he just kind of was like, oh, I know. And I was like, this is why people fertilize their own yard. That, that's funny, because... With Scots. My ex, Brady, worked at True Green for, like, half a year. It was probably him. He's probably back on the payroll there. I mean, I would guess... <laughs> Uh, we have Max Campbell. Ooh, what's he, up, Max? He says, make Keegan chug a beer. <laughs> if that's something he wants to do. All right. All right, we're having our first beer chug. Well, on I can't get a full feed. one. Now there's too much pressure. I don't, is everyone watching? <laughs> Close your eyes. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. That's they, totally yeah. they don't know. That was like a five second chug. Suck that's it, like Max. fucking pro. That was really quick. That's pro level right there. Uh, I did tell him to tune in, so Well awesome. He's apparently he's disobeying traffic laws oh, right nice. now. Oh yeah. He said he was gonna dangerously tune in on his drive home. Nice. So uh nice. So Max, thank you for being a Patreon and donating fifty dollars a month to Podcast Free. That's really Yeah, that's really that's awesome. That's really noble of you. <laughs> I wish <laughs> that would be super cool. Do you have that Patreon up and running? I do have that Patreon up and running. Feel free. Well, oh, for those watching the live feed, uh, Baxter is eating his asshole and attacking his own tail in the background. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> On our workout mats. Yep. He's, uh, he's working out, doesn't he? It's our here? it's our like super small like workout pad. <laughs> it's like. We're getting there. It's like six feet by four feet, maybe. <laughs> it's just enough for the bench that's not on there right now. I think it's perfect size for Baxter. He's getting a serious workout. Yeah, yeah it, it amazes me. His his athletic ability is out of this world. I'm not even kidding. Like, he can do parkour. I haven't seen him do it in this house, cats though. can. Yeah, but he, just, he straight up does wall jumps. I was that's watching sick. a video earlier. He's of- fat. People putting, He's a little thick. <laughs> people putting foods in front of the cat's faces and then making this really like yuck face, and I couldn't get it to happen. On he that doesn't guy. react to anything. Like we've tried the cucumber or pickle. Wait, doesn't I work. Tried that. I've tried it. It didn't work. We tried throwing a slice of cheese on his face. That's the most recent trend. Oh my god! Didn't work. Probably because he probably because he lives with you and you're like the meme lord, so he's not. Yeah, not. I love my cat. Yeah, but, like, he's probably seen you looking at things on the internet, and he's like, there's nothing new. So when you try things with your cat, he's just like, it's not phasing me, bro. I've seen cheese on face. I've seen it. Your memes are stale. (laughs) Damn. Your cat's probably like, show me more fat Vince Neal. By the way, can we talk about that? That is the meme of April 2019. Since I I went into this with nothing. I came into this with nothing to talk about. By all means. I've been seeing that a lot lately. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen it at all. Just like people posting it on It's mostly just you and Austin and like two other people. But I haven't, I haven't seen any of the Vince Neil memes. There's no memes. It's just that video of them like oh, from really? their last show where he's like barely choking out every third word. I've seen a few that had captions that were just made up. Like they were just making up what it sounds Very like nice. he's saying. Yeah. 
I remember I used to have a DVD of them from 2005, and he sounded bad and out of breath. I and I think I can find this. I think uh, we talked last time. We both saw them in '09. Yes. And I don't remember him being terrible, but I might have just been too in the moment. But wow! So I'd start 2005, in... and then 2015. So he's been shit yeah. for the last ten plus years. I I started typing in Vince Neil on YouTube, and the first thing that pops up before I even finish typing Vince Neil, Vince Neil bad singing. Oh yeah. So is this one? Probably. All right, we're we're going to YouTube. Ah, that's way bigger than it needs to be. Uh, going to YouTube. Oh, classic. His <laughs> <laughs> face right there kills me. He, he only missed five words right there. Oh, my God. And then he has the backup singers to sing the tough parts. What? <laughs> what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> what is this? Dude, I went and watched the actual, like, this concert because they filmed it and, like, you can actually buy it if you want to spend money on the concert, their final concert. And, like, he sounds like that in every song. And I feel extra bad because the rest of the band is so airtight. Like, they've yeah. been practicing, and he's like, Yeah, man, I got it. I'm Vince Neil. He's like, I've straight up wasted your time. <laughs> I think one of the... I showed my friend this year, and I, I think he showed one of the top comments was like, I want my money back, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> I feel really bad. Yeah, there. that was... And the caption says, Vince Neil's best performance. Vince God. Meal's greatest eats: ham, sweet ham, smoking a brisket in the boys' room, too fat for love, same old eggs and bacon. Shout at the devil, dogs. Too young to fall in a diabetic coma. <laughs> Kickstart my deep fat, my deep fat fryer. She's got, she's got the cooks that grill. Oh wild, my God! Wild rice. Oh God, these are great. Grills, grills, grills. Doctor, I don't feel good. <laughs> But wait, there's more. If you go to a concert and sit in the first three rows by simply pointing the mic at you, he will let you sing half the lyrics as he catches his breath. <laughs> that is so good. That's the first comment. Oh, man. Grills, grills, grills. Looks that kill, literally. Uh, Kickstart My Heart still works as a song title. <laughs> yeah. Kickstart My Clog. You heart. forgot the song Piece of Your Sandwich. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's this. I want a refund, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> Vince Neil is a grown, grown-up grown Cartman from South Park. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a bit. Well, they're done now. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, like, I looked at the date because I thought it just happened. That concert's from, like, New Year's Eve 2015. Really? So, like, this DVD's been out for wow. at least two or three years, and then... It's suddenly just now making the rounds. People are like, oh, this is hot right here. <laughs> oh, man, these comments just get better. It says, say what y'all want. I think Melissa McCarthy did a pretty decent Vince impression there. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and tw- It's 2019 Vince Neil. Sounds like a really good Vince Neil impersonator who doesn't know the lyrics to any crew songs. Uh. Oh, what is this? Is this the lyrics? 
Oh my god. Probably. When I get high, I get high I on cheese. Crab oh, macaroni no. is the drug for me. <laughs> my heart got clogged, bypassed my heart. Always got the cops coming after me. Krispy Kreme's got glazed donuts for free. My <laughs> heart got clogged, bypassed my heart. Ooh, are you ready, girls? Ooh, are you ready oh, now? Man. Oh, yeah. Bypass my heart because it's just got stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh my god. One uh, someone someone like <laughs> marked it at minute two says Shamahawk never stop. Who's saying good loud? Bit two bit wah. <laughs> what even? Oh shit, Aaron's here. What's up? I see you're not uh, on your way from St. Louis. Oh, Aaron Aaron Dongs in the yeah in the chat house. I always yeah. I always pronounce it Dangus. I think it's Dangus. I think Dangus? it's an, that, certain, Wait, oh, that's his actual last name. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. certain OE makes an A sound. I think he told me that once, but no one says it. That's interesting. <laughs> you can just dongs. Get <laughs> dongs. Yeah, that was that was rough to listen to. Yeah. That was yeah, hard. I don't want you shouldn't play any more on the show, people will quit it. It's bad. But you should check out some more later. If you're interested. <laughs> that was, like, really rough. Yeah. The other one's just as bad. Oh, there's another one? <laughs> Don't yeah. tell me this. There's only two left. Oh, of the, I thought you meant of the video. It just made me real. I just realized you weren't down Fat here Vince for the Neil. video. No. Vince Neil not being able to sing to Motley Crue songs. Anymore. In his defense, that was 2015. I'm sure he's much worse now. <laughs> That's why they well, called they, it quits. They recently just came out with the movie The Dirt on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And yeah. apparently it's actually pretty good. When, like, there was all that talk about that Queen movie. I and liked then, it a lot. And then Lords of Chaos. And then, like, I was just on my couch on Netflix last week, and they were like, The Dirt. And I'm like, the hell is this? You're just trying to, like. Jump in and just use their queen's glory. That's like, just we also have a movie lately. with people playing us. That's been the thing lately. I think, There's all again, these biopics. I, they should stop. They should just quit movies. Like, do we need this? <laughs> again. Again. Like, I don't, again. This was I don't know. This was a huge topic last time. I haven't seen the queen movie, so I can't judge it too hard. I just, it That's looks. But he made Rhapsody me uncomfortable looking. I liked like, it. Do we need people playing people who are still alive? Can't we just have them interviewed, like in a documentary? I liked it a lot. I liked I liked uh, Bohemian Rhapsody a lot. Uh, I I really still want to watch The Dirt. Um, I can't wait for the. I really want to watch Lords of Chaos. <laughs> What's the one Elton John? No, Elton John. Oh yeah, there's an the Elton John one, one yeah. coming Are you serious? out. Serious? Yeah. Yes. It's called Rocket Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think Cardboard X Smash should make a movie about ourselves called what? Why Not? Do you hear? Do you hear our cat running around upstairs? Yeah. And Baxter's down here, so like, he's going crazy up there. He's meowing. Just moshing it up. Oh, man. I mean, I guess you could probably let him down here, but. But, yeah, maybe we're going to start filming it next week, probably. It's just going to be called Why Not. Do it in MS, MS Paint. Yeah. I mean, part of it. I'm part, I don't want to spoil too much, but part of it's already animated. Or you could do, like, uh, like an interview style, like, <laughs> like behind the scenes or whatever. And just, like, you guys interview, but as you're telling the stories, it cuts to MS Paint. <laughs> like That'd an MS Paint cool. scene. The history of the band. Yeah. It's like yeah, we started out. Like, well, you know, we were recording. We uh, we recorded garbage in uh, in a private studio in London. We had mountains of coke and just tons of beer and you know hookers every day. Yeah, it's just 
I mean, you know, we wrote we we had like half the songs written when we went in the studio. It's not a problem to just you know book extra time. It's not hard for us at all. Computer paid for it all. <laughs> Computer paid for it. You know, yeah. we just the songs just kind of come. They just they just come naturally when you're in that like just coked up, drunk state of mind. That's how we did it. That's the magic. Cocaine. <laughs> Cocaine fueled death metal. Death metal. Death metal. I don't. What else would you call yourself? Oh, what would um? It's pure Lafayette slime. You heard. You heard it here first, folks. Car door dick smash is pure Lafayette slime. Hot dog grind. Hot is dog another term we used. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Hot dog grind. So what have you been up to, man? Just uh, drinking beers, doing some garage shit. Now that it's nice out, yeah. Uh, I was just I was just sitting on my my personal basketball court yesterday. You have your own basketball. Court? I have my own basketball. You talking court. about like a hoop in your driveway? No, th- we have a straight up like concrete basketball it's court a, in the backyard. Oh, in your backyard, it's a yeah. little slab, and then there's the basketball goal. <laughs> I think I know what it looks like. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Were you shooting hoops or just hanging, hanging dogs? Uh, we were, we were hanging, eating some burgers. Noise. Uh, and as Noise. I was as I was eating my burger, I started looking around. I started looking at the grass. I'm like, man, it's about time to start mowing. Dude, it rained real hard the other night, and then like, I don't know, was that two nights ago or last night? Two nights ago. Yeah, because then yesterday when I came home from work, I was looking at my yard, and I was just like, damn right, it was so green and just awesome. I got excited. Yeah. I realized too, like I never I was gonna get one last cut in in the fall, but then it like just got really cold and started snowing. I never got that one last cut. And I was looking at my yard and I'm like, I could probably run the mower over it now if you I know, just wanted to I bet Joe didn't get his last cut in either. Yeah. That last not. morning. <laughs> last place we lived at. <laughs> he was talking about he's like he was talking about possibly mowing his yard the other day mm-hmm. or today or something like that. I overheard it and I'm like, You ain't gonna mow your yard. <laughs> Oh shit! We got David Linder in here. Hey, Hi. Dave, if you want, just come out. Come on over. <laughs> Dave, ask us a question. Ask us questions first, and then come over. Dave, if, take if your available. shirt off. You're listening to the Voice of Survival podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. That was a phenomenal portion of the conversation that I had with Miss Athena Finger. Man, time flies. It's like it's crazy to think that that interview happened so long ago, really uh, early 2018, and it just feels like it's been a lifetime ago. At this point, it's only been a year, but so many things have happened since then. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned before, up next we've got my amazing and fun interview with Stu that took place on my birthday, which is next week. As you're listening to this, right, today's the 12th. So, yeah, next Friday when Crucial Tunes Episode 7 comes out, 007, Nate's going to be bam, wham, shamalam, goddamn, turning 32, man. And that's crazy. So, uh, right now, without further ado, here's my interview episode, fuck, I think it was episode 18 or 19 somewhere? I think it was 19. I think it was episode 19 of the Voices Survival podcast from season one. I didn't do my research. I'm a horrible host. Uh, me with Stu Block from Iced Earth. 
Uh, and then that's going to be it, folks. So you're going to get the outro from me later on in that show because I'm just going to let that all roll out. You'll probably get the last half of this one. So here, without further ado, me talking to Stu Block. And, uh, and I happen to be chatting it up with uh, Stu Block from my stir, so that's pretty crazy, man. Um, well, I'm glad I'm glad you think that's a birthday present, man. You could be doing far more exciting things on your birthday. <laughs> l- l- listen, stuff's pretty simple in my life. I'm not really materialistic that much. I got to see my dad today. I've got to see my family today. I get to talk to you. Like, it's a win. Hey, man. I'm, I'm, then I'm glad to be part of it. Absolutely. Well, Stu, let's get right into your journey. While I met you in a parking lot in Indianapolis back in February and yes. had, had a hilarious interaction with a, a little guy who was looking for a ride home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was hilarious. That was a really weird thing. Totally out of nowhere. Like we, uh, we decided, hey, we're going to say hey to each other and meet up for a minute. And then um, this little guy kind of showed up and said, hey, can someone call me an Uber? I'll give you a hundred dollars. That was insane. Yeah. So then my journey stopped becoming like chit 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 chatting with you. Brandon kind of got to chit chat with you, and I got pulled into this other side journey. Right, right. But then we kind of got to chit chat a little bit later when I saw you guys in Chicago uh, in March. Right. Which let me tell you, it was cool to see the start and the end of a tour for a band, like the first and last show, because the energies are two different things, and you can tell you've been sleep deprived and been on the road and busted your ass and it's not as fresh off that first show the energy is different but then at the end of the show you're so energy like you guys in chicago just killed it um, yeah yeah it's interesting how it goes you know at the beginning of any tour like you're just getting your you're just getting getting the groove right you're just getting the groove sometimes we're changing up songs on the list and seeing how how the crowd reacts and all that kind of stuff and uh and then uh mid mid it's funny we always we always chuckle because we go well by the end of the tour we'll be a well-oiled machine <laughs> you know so it'll be it's funny how it works but uh no it's all good it was fun i think it was a really energetic um tour throughout the whole the whole thing cuz the the energy the underlying energy of 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 course having sanctuary on there and uh the the fans were great and uh the shows were were doing well so we we had a great time Absolutely. And I can definitely speak on the fans perspective and say that we all had a blast. Um, And of course, you had some like cool, memorable moments, but we'll get to those throughout this show um, within that tour. But uh, you born in November of 77 in Vancouver. Is that correct? Uh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Oh, cool. So Canadian born and raised. Uh, What was your first instrument? Where did you start? Did you start on an instrument? Has it always been the vocals? It's always been vocals for me, my friend. Yeah, it's always been vocals. Um, actually, I'd like to, I'd like to take up, uh, I'd like to learn a bit more guitar, but uh, you know, uh, but I've always, yeah, I've always nurtured the vocal aspect of of uh, of my musicianship, I guess, and just, um, you know, it's, I think it's worked out. <laughs> Absolutely. So, per the notes that I have, uh, your according to your internet page, Omega Crom is your first band. Yeah, it was the first band uh, that I was in. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily my band. Uh, it was actually, I got into that band. I was jamming with a few people before. Um, one of my very, very first ones was actually Self Regime. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so that was that was formed sort of uh, mutually. And then um, and then I found uh, Omega Crom and then we... We were, we were writing stuff together, and we played a lot of shows together. But, yeah, that, those were my first two. Yeah. 
And that was like your early uh, taste of music and the and the playing in front of people and whatnot. Definitely. Uh, when did those bands kind of take shape for you? Late '90s, early aughts. Um, well, let me just think. Uh, <clears throat> uh, two thousand, yeah, like pretty much like ninety nine, two thousand. Excellent. Uh, no, yeah, ninety nine. Well, I. You know what? I'd actually have to say 1998 was when it all really, when I made the decision that I wanted, 98, 99 is when I made the decision that I wanted to pursue this really seriously. And then, uh, so yeah, now, now here we are almost 20 years later. Yeah, man. And, uh, it's definitely been an incredible journey. Of course, along the way, after the Omega Crom, you went into a new venture, which was into eternity. Yes. What yeah, is that, that experience like for you? That was killer because, um, <clears throat> of course, in Omega Crom, like I was, all, I was doing the hybrid thing where I was doing the falsettos mixed with the, with the death vocals and uh, the, and then the traditional classic power metal vocals, and then um, we toured with them, and then we played in Regina, Saskatchewan, um, where I, where I live now, and uh, we uh, basically. Um, played at a place where the the Tim Roth the <clears throat> the leader of Into Eternity was there he, he I guess he heard about us coming in he knew that and he liked high singers and he knew that I was doing the falsetto stuff and uh and we did that we did that show we did a, and we also did a cover of Painkiller and uh, Welcome Home by by King King Diamond amazing uh, yeah and then uh it was funny I never really got to meet him after the show he just kind of took off but I was like okay well that sucks and then he contacted me later um, and he said he was really, really impressed and that he wanted to try me out. And, uh, I guess the rest is history. I came out there and tried out and got the gig. Got the yeah, gig. It, it was a really cool transition because it was like, I've been from the lowest level all the way till now. Right. So I've done every level, um, with a, a couple of different bands. I've done every, every different level of touring that you could possibly imagine. Right. Fuck. Everything, from the lowest fucking end you know, not playing to like four people, you know, on no stage and basically no PA, <laughs> you know what I mean? And to, to playing freaking arenas with, you know, it's, it's, it's really been a cool, cool thing to see those transitions actually come to think of it. I mean, for, like from you, like you were saying from local bars where you're playing for a couple people, they say like, what's yeah. a monitor? We don't know what monitors are. We just yeah, like fuck off. Just yell if you have to whatever You're like, right? no i'm a singer i need to hear what's going on man yeah. um and then from that all the way to like ancient corion where you guys played cyprus um that i mean I, those are two very far apart spectrums that are incredible right sure for sure and i think dues were paid to get there you know and uh and you know we had there's a lot of shit you have to go through in order to get to that point or to be at those achieving mo or those moments of achievement that you feel are moments of achievement. Um, I feel I'm, I'm success is relative, right. To the person. Right. But I think I am probably one of the most successful people I know. You know, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's really like, I'm very proud of what I've done and I'm, I could God forbid, but I could die tomorrow and I'd be very happy. You know, I'd still be, I wouldn't regret anything or I'd, I'm not going to be on my deathbed regretting anything because I took chances and I did stuff that, and I'm very proud of what I, what I've done. And, and, and I, just because I'm not a millionaire, uh, success, like I say, success is relative. Um, I know people that are very successful in music and that have, 
big houses and that are and that's their level of success and that's success for them but for me my levels of success is just doing what I've done I'm happy that's great and if I make a million doing it which I don't think I'll ever do um, but that's not my goal money is not a goal but if it ever happened that's just the gravy man that's perfect that's great you know what I mean I can I can save more cats. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, that's awesome that you brought up cats because obviously you're a humongous cat lover. Anybody yeah. who follows you on Instagram can easily go through and see a ton yeah. of different cool cat pictures and things you've memed with cats and whatnot. Uh, sure. Does that mean we should just start calling you Lucifer or Stucifer? Right. Yeah, Lucifer, right? No, but they do call me the because I. It's funny because I'm kind of like a cat when I'm on tour. I sleep like 13, 14 hours a day. I don't. I don't party a lot. I mean, I pick my battles, of course, and they whenever I, you know, whenever I say I'm going to party, they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I pretty much go off, but it's very rare that I do. So um, they put me in the hockey helmet and tell me and give me a bottle of whiskey and say, don't hurt myself. But, you know, uh, but it's uh, I, I they call me the cat because I sleep a lot, man. And, and I'm like always kind of, you know, sleep. And so like, Oh my God, it's the cat. Go wake up the cat. You know? So maybe I am spawned from a feline, some sort of feline from a past life. Who knows? Well, and on this past tour, you did a lot of climbing. I mean, I'm just saying, uh, a lot of energy, a lot of energy on that show. For Brent, sure. Brent's drum, uh, riser had you all over it. Uh, yeah, I saw many pictures where you were on top of that thing, and then of course uh, in Chicago you were able to do that. Not the same in Indy because that place was so low ceilinged. I do right, recall. Right. But uh, anyways, going back to Into Eternity, you guys released two albums together in your time with the band: uh, Scattering of Ashes in 2006 and The Incurable Tragedy in 2008. Now, in the yes. middle of that, in 2007, you got to tour with one of your, I do believe, favorite bands in Dream Theater, right? Yes, yeah, we got to do that. That was great. Yeah, that was pretty spectacular freaking moment, man. Like uh we were all we were all super stoked on that one for sure. It has to be uh, an unreal experience for you. Oh, it, it it absolutely was. Absolutely was. Yeah, it was it was um you know, I, I love James Lavrie. He gets he gets a lot of hate, but uh so do I, you know, and whatever. Like I I'm a big fan of uh of of him and uh and i'm a big fan of mike Portnoy. and we made we made friends you know and it was really cool uh they were all very down to earth and uh we had a great time on that tour man all we got was like i think we were playing 20 to 25 minutes a night or whatever i think we got a 30 minutes one night but we were giving it our all and we were just happy to be there man we were we were simply just happy to be there and playing with some of our idols so uh definite um and that was our first arena tour i believe or like big theater kind of tour hell yeah so, uh, yeah that was really cool and then we and then yeah it was did some really cool stuff with into eternity man like <clears throat> paved the way for my career now and um you know uh taught me a lot you know did my first music videos with them and so it was a freaking and made some of my best friends still till till to this day are you know uh, Tim Roth and Troy and Justin and you know so it's 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 great. You make longtime life mates through music and and that's I think ultimately regardless of what your musical career does as any person in, in music, if you can create a genuine bond with people when you're making music, man, there's nothing greater. That's like genuinely my belief. No, that's that's gonna last a lifetime, and so will the music that you created together because those albums will always be around. I still get. 
I'm I, I when I'm doing VIP meet and greets and stuff like that. I still get people coming up with that with Into Eternity albums. You know, getting me wanting me to sign them and going. I just got into to this. I've just bought all the albums. There's still kids buying them. You know what I mean? It's really cool. So that music will last forever, and so will the friendships um, that we well until we're dead. But you know the but uh, you know basically those friendships serve valuable. You know, life lifelong um, uh, treasures for sure. Hell yeah. So Incurable Tragedy comes out in 2008. Shortly thereafter, you guys find yourself yet again on the road playing with one of your favorite bands, Symphony X. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then again, yeah. Michael Romeo um, and then uh, Russell Allen, who uh, he's, a, he's a he's a good buddy. And so, yeah, that was that was killer, man. Of course, Love your, it. your history yeah. with Russell Allen comes full circle later in uh, in uh, Plagues of Babylon. And we'll get into that here in a short minute. But touring with Symphony X is, I, I want to just really quickly bring this up to you because your time touring with Into Eternity and you guys doing the show with Symphony X is the first time I ever hear the name Stu Block in my life. Okay. And Brando comes up to me and he sees you guys open for Symphony X in Chicago. I think it was the Pearl Room in Mokina, but don't quote me on that. And hey. he goes, man. We were at the show, and I went to see Symphony X, and I'm stoked to see Symphony X, right? And I was like, yeah, man, I like Symphony X quite a bit. I think this was like right after Paradise Lost had just come out. And right. he goes, dude, the opening act blew me away. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you don't get it. And he played a couple tracks from from one of the two albums that you had done with Into Eternity, and it blew my mind because your range is insane. So I'm just I'm very curious. Where do you build your ability to build that range vocally? Well, uh, it's always kind of been there. Um, I don't know. I've had a natural ability to do those kinds of things, but because I started out in Omega Crom, I was doing like the sort of like the I started building it back then in, in like 1998, and. Uh, and I, I just kind of knew that I could hit the high stuff, and I love doing the death vocals. Trust me, I went through a lot of vocal heartache, uh, figuring out how to do it, taking it on the road, learning how to transition everything. It was a lot of work, man. It was a lot of work. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. And we're live down at the North End Pub. Mysterious location <laughs> revealed. We were talking before the podcast about this was a super secret location. I revealed it in the first five seconds. We're here for another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm sitting here with Chris Kerrigan. What's up? Brett Maxwell. Hello. And Mr. Casey Taylor. Fly that W, Cubs win. There Opener. it is. Fly it. There it is. They've been celebrating all day. Got some. Uh, we got free hot dogs, Chicago style dogs. From Shout AJ's. out to AJ's. Adam Warso had free uh, Chicago style dogs, mac and cheese bites, and waffle fries all day today. Hell yeah! Oh, hell I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be smashing the shit out of it after we've gotten yeah. a little tipsy. Yeah, yeah. I told him to make this. some more. I was like, dude, just it's, go back and throw to. a Easiest? whole bag of mac and cheese down. bites. Yeah, you're gonna have to. We're gonna need it. Um, we're having fun. Uh, we uh, we got caught up again where we were recording an episode. Like the night before it's supposed to come out, so we're getting a backlog here. We're gonna be down here tomorrow night too for the Toppling Goliath Tap Takeover. That's big. We'll, yeah. we'll be the first ones in town to have it. Correct. Um, so we're pretty fucking excited about that. So for those of you watching on Facebook, 
Uh, we will be back here tomorrow night, uh, probably around the same time, honestly. Yeah, yeah um, seven-ish, eight. We're going to have some fun. Uh, we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, before yep. we get going too much more into the, the random ramblings, Let's. Uh, what are we drinking here first? S'mores, 450 North, oh, released goodness. about, what, a month ago? I'm not, I, don't, I didn't remember if we did it on the episode or not. Um, I don't remember if I... S- I know I didn't do an episode with you. I don't remember if I saw an episode with you doing it, but it's going to be great since it so, aged. One way or another, yeah. we're going to enjoy it. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Casey's going in for it. Breaking code. Yep, can't, can't control himself. That was my fault. It's this okay. is a good beer. It's worth not cheers and someone to drink first, then cheers and someone after. Oh, oh yeah. That is delicious. That has aged really well. Ooh, That is really tasty. There's a lot going on there. I get more of the chocolate this time than the marshmallow. Very, very gr- Grammy. Yeah, because then you guys yeah. tell me that they literally were brewing that that morning. When canning. It canning, it. Canning, canning it. Canning it. Canning it, yep. They, and they said they've been there multiple times at 6 o'clock in the morning to start canning mm. before they send the beer out. And after you can it, you still want it to sit for, what, two, at least two, three weeks? Usually. To let it settle? Because, like, when you bottle yours. It's technically still good. Um, oh yeah, because you can because in the tanks you can infuse them with CO two and stuff. Okay. So um, yeah, you typically want to let them chill for a little bit, but that's why when we try them on tap and stuff, they're usually pretty all right. Yeah, because this does taste different than what I remember it from about a month ago. Because I had a can like that night. Yeah, it was more marshmallowy to me. Yeah, I got more marshmallow. Now I'm getting more chocolate and like you said, graham cracker. Yeah, this is yeah. really good. I'm enjoying. I, it. I like it a lot. Shout out to 450 North for another too, another great beer. I feel like we, sh- we had our first uh, negative <laughs> experience at 450. It, was yes. not, it wasn't their fault at all, but uh, we went for one of their releases. We got there. What, same we, time we always do. Same time we always do. Same We're doing time we always do. All the beers we wanted sold out literally the person ahead of us. So it, Casey it, it, knows about that. It was, one th- it was one kind of a burn to have it, you know, like, oh, 20, 30 people ahead, we lose it. Oh, that's sad. But the person right in front of us, it's the like, line, ooh. The line was what, like? Just over halfway through when they said they were out of... Uh, All the good stuff. Which one? Well, no, because... All the good stuff. Well, we got... The first one they announced that they were out of um, was, like I said, halfway through the line. The strawberry banana yes. milkshake yes. IPA. And then the other two sold out before us, and we were there was still probably a quarter of the line behind us. Yeah, we uh, we still picked up some of the blueberry dessert, which I love. That one's fucking amazing. We um, tried it on drafts. I mean, we got to taste them. Oh they man, we t- the Caribbean slushy. Oh, yes. it was oh, the best. Oh my god, it was the best uh, Berliner Weiss I've ever had. Ever period. I loved it. I, I think I think they'll do it again. It's just juice. I think they'll just do it again. Delicious, fucking awesome fruit punch beer. It was so good. Hell yeah. The strawberry banana was heartbreaking. I did not get a go, and that was like I was really looking forward to that. I think that one needed a little more time. It did. I it, think it, it did. I. I it, it, a lot of their milkshake series has been like that. Almost yeah. every one of those that I've had, they I prefer them about a month or two later. Because I remember the blueberry, the first time I ever had that, I really didn't care for it. It took Oh, the blueberry yeah. definitely took time. And I left it in the fridge for like a month or two. was like, nah, I'll give it a second try. And was like, that was noticeably different. I gave mine, like when I first tried it, I gave mine to Zach right away. I'm like, I just don't, like, he's like, he wanted them. I'm like, you can have them. He drank all three that night. Fool. <laughs> No, he enjoyed right. it, so whatever. No, exactly. However you want to do it. Yeah, if you guys get a chance, 450 North S'mores winner. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's one of their good stouts. Let's not waste any more time. Next one is a chocolate milk stout. Count Nibula. Who's this from? Fountain Square. Fountain Square Brewing Company. Oh, yeah. I've had to go in stuff. there um, uh, to their location. I've definitely had their beers before. I've been, I've been once. 
Yeah. Uh, actually, it was the first time I went to see Nabla Viscaris that you missed out on. It Why do you always have to say it like that? Because <laughs> I feel really that, bad. That show that you missed. Yeah, that really great show right. that you weren't able to go to. Um, yeah, that, that one where it. you should have been there. I yeah, we like, got some growler fills. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, Matt Violante's like buddies with the new owner. I think the new owner of that place lives in Lafayette. That's what he really? told me. Interesting. So that's a place like if we ever wanted to go down, I think we could get a tour and go check it out. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Well, yeah. I could be wrong, but I feel like, yeah, the guy that currently now owns that is a Lafayette guy. Interesting. That's awesome. Let's get into it. I was like that, that finger pistol, man. Yeah, I was finger pistoling Keith. Keith reps the, uh, reps the Breeze with Dudes. He's over there asking, can I play pinballs? <laughs> One time we were as doing... As long as he doesn't we scream were, uh, after every ball. Yeah, we were recording right over near one of the machines, and some dude just walked up and started going to town on it. We're like, dude, please stop. Like, some people don't minutes. get like, there was how much noise these will pick up. 14 machines, we're, the, the one, one right on us. And then the best part when it was, I kind of gave him the, the look like, hey, dude, why don't you kill that? He just kind of turned, shook his head, yes. Multi-ball, baby. <laughs> multi-ball. Oh, just wow. kill it. Went to town. Wow. Can't Went interrupt the dude on multi-ball. No, sure can't. Uh, All right. Got to let it go. Count Nibula. Let's jump on in. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers. <laughs> nice and chocolatey. Yeah. Mm. Smooth. Yeah, the it is. No kick. It's unique. Yeah, there's no kick. It doesn't have like a heavy body to it, it's like multi. I expected. Yeah, it's multi. Yeah, it's that. For a dark beer, if it sounds correct, it's actually kind of clear. It's lighter and you know it's dark. It really but it's is. Still, it looks more like a brown ale, yeah. Or yeah. like a Scottish ale than a stout. A little bit lighter. Agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, I, sa- I it says right. Getting through. It says right on here. Dark roasty malt aromas give away give way to a chocolate sweetness and a silky finish. Hmm. That is perfectly Ooh. described. Yeah. Because yeah, like it doesn't have a heavy mouthfeel to it. No, it doesn't. Hello, Eric. Eric Hines is sitting over there. We're waving at him. For those of you watching, you can see that. For those of you yep. listening, that's why we described it. We are storytellers here at Brews with Dudes. Yep. Welcome. And if you're watching, this little finger pistol's not for you. It's for Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting through you to the Heinz. Mr. Heinz. Possibly Pilot, John Riley, Katie. I'm just in that vicinity. <laughs> to anyone Taking else but down. the viewer. <laughs> oh, there's one for Susan. Ooh. She just Same. looks away. Jesus. She's coming off hot over here. She the finger bangers. Yeah, dang. Finger banging. <laughs> it's like the wild, wild west out here. It is. We're giving them that cold hard crane. I did just start, start Red Dead Redemption last night, so. So you feeling feeling I'm like a cowboy? <laughs> feeling quite like a cowboy. But no, that was good. Yeah, I got. I haven't say, had a I lot of Fountain my... Square beers. That's one of my first ones. That was pretty all right. I'm trying to remember. We had we had an IPA of theirs. We got and we filled up like three growlers of it because we were just in party mode at that point. Um, but it was uh, me, Shane, and Miles. Um, yeah, they've, they've got an interesting, interesting spot. I don't remember if I don't think they brewed. I think it was just their tap room that we went to. I don't know if it's all one location, but like I said, we just walked in, we hung out for a few minutes, got growlers, and bounced. Had a show to get to. There's so many breweries down there that uh, are, are hidden that I haven't been able to make it to yet. So many Fountain Square being one of them. That's crazy. It's like, man, I feel like I've been to tons of breweries down there. Yeah, bud. There's more. Yep. There is more. There is always, always more. more. 
Now, this next one has one of the most interesting cans I've seen in a minute. Yes. It's called the Brown Note, and it's literally a dude in whitey tidies who has shit himself. Spray, literally Spew. spray farting. Spew. He had a, he had yeah. a very a good shark. Going that is on. that is a stream. It's not a shark. That is Beyond a spray a shark. shark. Oh, that's that's the <laughs> With great the TP river in Nile. his left hand. So I mean, he knew like, it was coming, and he yeah. said, "Fuck, Fuck it. it." You got to risk <laughs> it for the biscuit, man. What is he risking? He's just know. doing it. His <laughs> organs, his he's, his he's internal organs it. might come out with it. I mean, just just by the look of this dude, it looks like a dude walking around his house on a Monday about 3 p.m. and just said, "No one's here. I'm fuck. I'm just gonna shit myself." He's standing in the shower. <laughs> he's standing in the shower right now. Uh, yeah. I bet he's standing in the shower and he doesn't have to worry about mashing it down because it's just gonna run right down. Guys, the track. yeah. So fucking <clears> god. <throat> that's enough. Oh, man. Well, that's so enough. So uh, I told Nick this. So we have a Tuesday late night league. We have a Cubs bowling league, and uh, anyways. The next day, my brother runs the lanes and kind of cleans the approaches. And when I came in, he was like, hey, weren't you guys bowling on lane 13 last night? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, do you have anything to tell me? And I was like, nah, man. Like, it was actually me, my buddy Denny, and Nick Savoy. We're like, it was just us and Screech and Jesse and that crew. And he was like, all right. And he goes, well, I'm just going to tell you guys there was, there was a turd. There was just a single turd out on the approach and unfortunately it's not the first time someone's shit on a bowling lane as weird as that is and there was that moment where i remember where it's spring break so there's kids here at all hours of the night there's about a three-year-old kid that took off on lane four took off running stopped on lane 13 did a little dance which at the time i thought was cute turns out he shook a turd out wow (laughs) and kept running down to lane 24 where uh, Zach DeWitt was, and his mom yelled at Zach to grab him. And Zach oh, was like, I'm not touching your kid. Oh, my God. Now right. we know, smart guy, because the kid was just running around shaking turds out his leg. Yeah. Oh, my Lanta. So, yeah, that was uh, on the brown note. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and it was funny, because I remember being like, oh, that's cute. Kids just do a little, little dance. Nah, dude, that was a... He's shaking, uh, shaking he's the dropping turd out shit. his leg. Ooh, buddy. I mean, Man. at three, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really he, didn't just, he, he went didn't just away hide. from his family. He went away from his family. Correct. So, I mean, he's considerate of his family already. So, good kid. Good kid. Don't disrespect the family. And he didn't family. just, like, make the no. weird face, let it go down his leg. He, he danced. Like, he made it look like, oh, little kid having fun. You didn't even know. Boom. Next day, he, you're cleaning that's up maniacal. a turd. He was committed right. to maniacal. dropping that turd. Yeah. I mean, that's just he's what it was. He's going to go commitment. on to do great things in life. I think so. You guys' interpretation of that is wild. <laughs> <laughs> the things you took from it. I mean, came I mean, up and gave it a cool me. hard cram. If you would have did that little kid thing where they get quiet and make the weird face. Just kind of stand still. Like, oh, man, he's shitting. That kid is pissing or shitting himself. Mm. But he was out there, Cardi B song playing. He was just getting it oh, and just man. leaving it as a little gift. Hey. Well, That's little. not a gift. No. That's not a gift hey, I not. want. No. All right. Absolutely so. not. On that, no, uh, nor was it a baby-sized Butterfinger. Let's leave a streak down our uh, down our throats with this guy. All right, brown note. Awful. <clears throat> That's light. That's pretty light for a brown. Yeah. And the color, you can yeah. look at it. It's a nice caramel color. Hmm. I haven't delved into too many brown ales. This one is very light. It's a very light brown. I um my first one was People's Mr. Brown and it just turned me off completely. And I just haven't really experimented too much with anymore. 
It's funny because it has a weird aftertaste. Like, I don't really care for it. And mm. then about 10 seconds later, it's not as bad. Like, initially, it's got kind of a funky taste, and then it sits all right. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think yeah. I don't think any of us tried this when we went. No. I mean, I get a little bit of maltiness, but it just really light. It's kind of just there. Yeah, it's kind of just there. You know, can't really describe it much. If I close my eye. That could be any beer or color. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, it's the brown note. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. What do I expect? What did I expect? There's a guy in whitey tidy shitting himself on the cover. So. Just a tunnel of poo right down my yeah. mouth. Yep. <laughs> I said What's what I br- said. What brewery is that? Against, Against the, the grain. grain. Okay. That's what this one is too. The Citrus Down Double IPA. This shit's like good. It. Oh, it is this good. This one's real good. I haven't had it on the show, but uh, we Citra had it uh, when we. Down. Went down to Against the Grain a couple weeks ago for Between the Buried and Me. Oh, that show that Brett missed. Yeah, the show yeah, that Brett that, missed. Yeah, that great show that yeah. I really wanted to go to and Yeah, that you, that you missed. Yeah, <laughs> he missed so, it, though. Why do you always go to say it like that, huh? <laughs> That's the first time. <laughs> and I'm sure it's not going to be the last. But I don't blame you. It's okay. It was very fun. I'll just keep an even ratio with the number of times you bring up now. <laughs> starting now. You've got about 15 times to catch well, up. That's publicly. what I'm saying, starting publicly. now. Yeah. I'm saying starting now. Because okay. I right. don't want to catch up. Because it'll feel like I'm being petty. <laughs> Which I'm not. Because I've seen him a couple times since then. But it would have been nice to see him the first time. But I was too busy touring with 8 Bells, Voivod, and Vector. We were so really... I was having no, a pretty good time. I, seriously, we were trying to make a, like, all, like drive halfway, meet you halfway. Like, I want you at this show. Join us in a new podcasting adventure where we will journey far and wide to worlds, planets, territories, dungeons. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And this is Dungeons with Dudes. Is there, is there something here? Is there something here? You guys are like, why did you invite us? You guys can stare into each other's eyes. I think Apparently they just like an audience. Oh, no. so. <laughs> I'm happy I you can watch. join in. Oh, so, uh, yeah, Nick, what's, what's watch, your deal? I can take care of <laughs> Open. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm not opposed to being a sandwich. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Especially being the cream filling to that sandwich. Okay. Uh, Gross. Go. Why, God? <laughs> <laughs> God okay. has abandoned these lads. I may not have started it, but I finished. We're we're in it. <laughs> That's we are, a joke. Uh, we are uh, playing some Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and or dragons. Yes. There there will be, be both. Maybe. Maybe. Last time was more housey than dungeony. Houses and dragons. There was a, and a little more. There was a, there was a, there was a dungeon under the house. Underneath the house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like there were tunnels and an altar. It, it Random shit. More piles happening. of piles of refuse than dragons. There's, there's like House and refuse. There's whips and Hey, enough and about my apartment, altars please. And people in robes. It was very BDSM-y, and yeah. there was this massive beast in there. Maybe there's parts of it that we're not remembering. I'll explain in the recap. But we're all oh. sitting here with our pals oh, again. Oh, what a deleted Goodness. recap. Yeah. That was yeah. adorable. Um, We're sitting here with, with the crew. We got Austin. Yo. We got AJ. Hey. We got Buckles. Hello. And we got Watts. Hello. Alex squared. Alex um, squared. Sweet. So, uh, did, did, you, did you have a nice recap for us? I do have. I do have a recap. It's gonna be a little different this time, but I do have the recap. All right. I guess we'll give you some some creative, uh, uh, creative. Uh, 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 you do whatever the fuck Lizards. you want. All right. There we go. Thank Juices. you. God damn. Previously, on Dungeons with Dudes. 
Hi there. My name is, uh, Agathon Holder Heck. You can just call me Ag for short. Holder what? We've, we've been through a lot. Um, we kinda fucked up a bar at the beginning. I don't really remember much of that, but, uh, we went to go on a job, trapped in some mist. Uh, we found these two ghost children, and then we went inside a house, which wasn't fun. We've been attacked by creatures, not creatures, traps. It's just been, it's been a really rough time, honestly. We fought a trash monster. Uh, somebody almost died from that. I was, I was being locked in the, uh, being locked in the trauma part of my brain forever now. Uh, we did manage to put some people to rest and essentially figure out our way out of this house. And, uh, yeah, that's where I found you. As you all look, I am sitting next to the skeleton that just happens to be splayed out next to the house. Because I'm just talking to it, and I'm just like, I just end with, and you know, and he said, I never loved you, and, you know, that's why I don't go over for the holidays. And I look wow. at you all, and I'm like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? Do you feel better now, Ag? Honestly, yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> Does no one want to mention the giant freaking vampire that was just like pointing down to us like Shang Tsung I mean, he in was no- Combat? He was normal sized. He's just far away. He just <laughs> we can see him looks- from far away. <laughs> he only looks like my nightmares. Hello, Brandon I, Stone. Thank I you for joining the us. Fact that he was Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat doing that. It has begun! Yep. Mortal Kombat. Alright, so you guys are. You emerge out of the death house. TM. TM. <laughs> TM. Um, here's a little map for you. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh, in color? You guys oh my are God. right here. Can I? Damn, that was a lot of mist. Put your sack down. <laughs> All right. Only if you had fun. Where are we again? Nicely. I couldn't. We are right here. Gently. We're gently. right here. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> There. There. At the circle. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the expression there was wonderful. So, <laughs> as you guys are leaving the death house, you know, and you see the spooky guy staring at you, and then another flash of lightning, and he's gone. Oh, shit. Hmm. But the castle is still like, you know, it like looms over the village. Da, da, da. So like, is it in the town, or is it far enough? It's it's outside it the, the town. Is it on our yeah. map? Say it's it's not it... on the map. Oh, it's not okay. on the map. Which okay. way? Which Wait. direction? No, it's not on the map. It would be over here. Yes, over here. And we came into town this way. Yep. Well, we don't really know where we came into town necessarily, but like we're we showed up right we, there. We yeah. we we didn't go. We, we found didn't ourselves in town. We, yeah, we didn't really kind of get into town. We just kind of got teleported there. Yeah. In a Anyhow, way. all right. We'll so. say it's like it's hard to tell because it's pretty dreary. It's like a Tim Burton film, but uh, oh. it looks about midday probably. Right. Are we going to walk around scored by Danny Elfman? Because that would be amazing. Um, yes. So, like, all right. So we walk out of the house. What is the village like around us besides, obviously, very dreary? It's very dreary and run down. Um, there's not a whole lot of activity. but We actually see people? There is some people. But they, it's, it's, the it's, as you guys are kind of watching, like, there's people that, like, are walking by, and the, but they look very... Like very nervous, and some of them is like they're walking by. They'll they, they see you guys. They will openly just stop and stare. <laughs> All right. Well, the first person that does that, uh, I guard says, uh, "Excuse me, sir, or ma'am. I don't know if it's a. We say it's a guy. We'll say it's a guy. Okay. Excuse me, sir. Um, you wouldn't happen to have directions to Daggerford, would you? 
He just walks away from you. I, just openly just walks I, away. I just call out to him. And I'm so, just like, don't allow to stare in for somebody who's not going to stay and fight. Oh, God. Ag, and then, like, Ag, please don't Ag drunk? <laughs> I'm just mad. I've been through a lot. I'm, I'm actually curious as to where all these people were while we were in the house. Like, we showed up and there was... There was no one but a lot of mist and two kids crying in the street. Well, maybe. Well, okay, we were... so it's clearly we've been catapulted forward in time, so maybe the town yeah, didn't that's exist. True. Oh, that's right. The, As the we, house did kind of yeah, have a whole lot. Uh, once you guys are done, that, yeah. like, that heavy mist, that, like that fog that you guys, it's kind of subsided a little bit. Like the sun kind of like you know burned off some of the mist, so you can <laughs> see the village a lot easier. <laughs> Do I see right. any sort of buildings that have a light source coming from them, perhaps a tavern, an item shop, or something? Um, from where you're at, no. Um, <laughs> but you guys can use... You can Torches of any sort? Yeah, honestly... Towards, like, this direction, so, and you yeah. can tell it's, like, the center of, the uh, center of town. Without... And we are, like... I suggest here. we, uh, I maybe move and inspect the town. I'm gonna try and I, the I agree. I want yeah, we need to try and find somewhere where we can stop. But, like, as you guys are walking through the village, there... There's a lot of, like, you know, and, like, there's not a ton of people uh, out doing stuff, but when they are, like, you see people, like, you know, leave their houses and stuff, it's, like, very quick. Like, they're... Furtive. Head down, and they're going to, like, they know where they're going, and they go back in there. Like, it's almost like they're scared to be outside. Not a lot of lollygagging. No. No. Mm. And it is eerily quiet. Like there's there's not a whole lot of like you know you know your typical town you have people like birds nothing know, no birds <laughs> like you, there's no ha- you don't hear anyone haggling for items or anything lovely no, no birds <laughs> oh I haven't seen you since y- last year ah. yeah there's no none Italian guy in the corner hawking apples I'm so- no oh, none of that apples. it's it's very like <laughs> literally like a dead town there's no song so, just no like song in the streets <laughs> just like everybody just anybody that happens to like you know be furtively walking by us if I try to talk to him do they all just like nope, and keep going. Pretty much, um, and then like, you, you might be able to try to persuade some people. Like, may I ro- me. may I roll a persuasion check? Yes. All right. Okay, cool. That is a twenty-one. Uh, so basically, what I'm trying to do is be like, um, you know, first person she can grab, not literally grab, but as they go by. Uh, just goes. I, I, I'm, I don't want to take much of your time. I'm not, I don't want to cause trouble. I just. Is there a, is there a, a meeting place, a, a gathering place in this town, a tavern, an inn, anything like that that we can. Go to. You could. Uh, you could try the bar. Alright, What is that? What is that called? And where is it? Uh, Blood of the Vine, over there. Blood oh, of the Vine. Did you say Blood of the Vine? Yes. Nice. Okay. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. So I guess we're going to a place called. We're going that way. The Blood of the Vine. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so you guys make your way towards, like, the center of town. I'd like Let to do me. a perception check. See, are there, like, names on the buildings, businesses, anything? Um, yeah. Th- there are some shops and stuff, but you can tell they've been boarded up and abandoned. Um, oh. A lot of them looks like they've just been looted. So the only place yeah. really in business is the bar. Okay. Good. Optimistic right. place. <sighs> Good town. <laughs> I... Tall shapes loom out of the dense fog that surrounds everything. The muddy ground underfoot gives way to slick, wet cobblestone. Tall shapes become recognizable as village dwellings. 
The windows of each house stare out from pools of blackness. A sound cuts the silence. No sound cuts the silence except for mournful sobbing that echoes through the streets from a distance. This place is just lovely. I, I'd like to move here. <laughs> so, so the weather's kind of just gloomy, it's rainy. Oh, it's, I think it's just very foggy, kind of like, overcast, probably. Yeah. No sun, light. It's, um, it's, it's Indiana January, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's what a what it's what like. a town would look like if it was actually hungover. <laughs> I, 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 that is I lived in, it is a hungover town. I have lived in Munster. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you insult Barovia like that? <laughs> the party village of Barovia. <laughs> right, well, we, uh, the party bus is actually just a play, the play towards, card. <laughs> make your way towards the center of town. Over here, you see uh, there is one. Um, one like sign mm-hmm. that says uh, Bildras Mercantile. And it seems open. Bill Bildras? Uh Bildrath. Bildrath. Bildrath Mercantile. Bildrath. Okay, it is a Bildrath. I see. It's his mercantile. I see. Or hers. We don't judge. I okay. That's a And then over here you can see there is a the sign that says Blood of the Vine. Mm-hmm. Alright. Um well first things first, everyone. Uh, let's not split up. Okay. At all yeah. in this town. I just want to make my. I want to make a point. I want to check out this mercantile means merchant, right? Right. Like it's a shop. Yes. I want to yeah. Go to the shop Let's go there before. first. We don't have any gold. We have some. I gold. got yeah, we two do. gold. We have some gold and we have some silver. So like we, it, it can't That's hurt true. to go in there. It can't hurt to look. Yeah. That's true. Well, it is window shop. Look. <laughs> <laughs> As window, window shopping. <laughs> Paying the five finger price. Let's go. Oh. As you guys are, uh, you know talking about this in the streets you still notice there's a lot of these people like a lot of townsfolk are very somber and then uh occasionally like not very often but you see like people riding in on horses mm-hmm. and they are they like they kind of stand out from these other barovians like they're, they're like guards uh, they, they, or... they, they they dress a little bit nicer and they actually like have smiles and look a little more like welcoming. May but I? You notice they don't like stay in the town. Like they may stop by at the, like the tavern or something, but then they move on. May I? Would it make be be worth anything for me to make an insight roll in regards to these weird people or no? Um. Yeah, you, you could. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Oh god, I'm wasting all my good rolls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a twenty-two insight. With that, uh, you can kind of gather they are not from this town. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to tell just by, like, passing by, but it looks like maybe they're a lot less somber and, like, depressed. They look more like noble, maybe? Not necessarily noble, but almost looks like they're not, like, they don't live in this village, so they may not be, like, as oppressed. You kind of get that feeling? Okay. This town's very oppressed. Directly underneath the castle of fucking Strahd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I might have some. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. Well, if, I guess unless anyone else has anything are to do. Are we going to the to the mercantile? Or are we going to the bar? Let's go to the mercantile first. Mercantile first. Mercantile. <laughs> All right. The sparse light from this building spills out from behind drawn heavy curtains. A sign of the door creaking on its hinges reads, "Reads Bildras Mercantile." So you guys enter the shop, and there is just one guy sitting there, uh, just kind of a. Uh, very like somber looking guy uh like like blonde hair human uh, yeah human kind of older 
And as you open, like, he's sitting there working on stuff. He kind of looks. And you don't have to make any insight. He looks almost terrified seeing, like, adventurers like you. Like, you can tell you he's just like. Like, he, like, like he's seen people like you before, mm-hmm. but. I'm going to walk up what to time, him. What time of day is it? Let's say about, about midday. Midday, all right. I'm going to walk up to him and just be like, hi there. Um, I'm going to help you. Do you have any, uh, do you happen to have any short swords by any chance? 60 gold. Oh. For, for a short sword? For a, sh- for a short 60 gold. Is it, hold on, wait. I require your strongest potions. <laughs> is it, is it a magic short sword? Just sword. And you want 60 gold for it? 60 gold. Could, could it's we, his store. He could set the price. Could, could we perhaps why? persuade you to, to come down on that price a little why? bit? Nope. Why so high? Why if so you want it badly enough, you'll pay for it. Why so high price, might I ask? No need. Supply and demand. Do you sell things often, friend? <laughs> <laughs> how much money, Sometimes. How much money <laughs> do you make? Um, uh... Are you guys gonna what buy else, something, or are you just gonna? What like, else does, I'm kind of peru- uh, perusing the store. What else does he have? 